Well, this is a big weekend. You know why it's a big weekend? Because Equipus Church is launching in the United States of America. Equipus Central Coast is having a launch Sunday, this Sunday. The states are a little bit behind us, are 17, 18 hours behind us. But I reckon it would be great right now for us as a church here in Auckland to pray for that gathering there in the United States. Pray that God would move. Pray that there would be an amazing launch. Come on, can we lift our voices just for a moment or two? Can you begin to pray? Come on, pray that God would start something in the hearts and lives of people that would be unstoppable. Lord, right now we pray pray for Pastor Pat and Terry, John and Lene. Lord, let your hand be on them. Lord, I thank you, God, that you've spoken and your promise is true. Lord, and your word is alive. And I pray, Lord, let it come alive in the hearts and lives of people. Lord, there, that, Lord, that we may see, Lord, regions, cities, nations, one to you. In Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you. You're building your church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Man, so many great things are happening. In fact, in a week's time, we've got 16 people going to our church in the Philippines on mission. And I just heard over the last week that there's an opportunity to minister to over 1,600 prisoners. Because what's happening is there's a crackdown on drug lords there. Basically, the president is saying, if you're a drug lord, either give yourself up or you're going to get shot. You're going you're gonna to die. And uh, people are just giving themselves up. Uh, there's an amnesty period and they're coming in. And the government says, we need your help. We've got so many prisoners and we uh, want to see these lives turned around. These are drug lords. You know, people have been involved in that scene. And, uh, and so they've organized a gathering and there's going to be 60 police and 1,600 prisoners. So how many know we need God's help? And uh, they've asked us to come in because they understand that it's the gospel that changes people's lives. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation and um, uh, we're running this event and we've just decided we're going to give every prisoner a Bible and we're going to feed them as well because uh, many of them haven't got food because they haven't got the proceeds that they used to get from different sources. And uh, come on, can we just for a moment or two pray into that gathering? Uh, we needed something like $10,000. Last week out south and just in our south congregation, they took up a spontaneous offering and it's awesome. They got $12,000 given. So we got the money now to give them Bibles. Come on, give God a big clap of praise because this is a church in action. And come on, can we just pray for something supernatural to happen at that event? Come on, how about lifting your voices for 20 seconds or so? Come on, right across this place. We're a praying church. We believe in the power of prayer. We believe God hears us. And he'll answer us right now. We thank you, God. You're going to move sovereignly by your spirit. You're going to touch these lives. Lord, I thank you. Lord, even what's going to happen is going to ring out around that nation. Lord, and it's going to declare your sovereignty, your lordship, your rule, your reign, your love, your grace. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for what you're establishing. Lord, in the hearts and lives of people, in Jesus' name. Name, 
Amen. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm convinced God's real. And I'm convinced God's on the move. And uh, I'm convinced that we've got an amazing group of people here. And I don't know about you, but I value God's presence. It's great to be in his, God's presence. And, and I want to say your presence, being here, is, is meaningful and it's valuable. And I pray that God's presence also would be meaningful and powerful to you this morning. And I, I love the worship in this place. Uh, the worship ministry makes it easy to preach the word. Now, some of you are just thinking about the worship team, but, but worship is so much more than music. Uh, the worship in this place from the people who pack in and pack out, from the people who are investing into the lives of our, our children right now. How many know that's worship? You know, the worship took place this morning. Those, those who sung but can't sing. You know, how many know that's, that's worship right there? Ask your neighbor if that's them you know, or if it's you. If it's you, you know whether it's them. You know, even for those who it was a struggle to get here this morning or you had a tough week, but you're here right now because you're convinced God has something for you. How many know that's worship? It's worship. And uh, wherever God's people are, two or three are gathered in his name there he is in the midst and I, I'm convinced God wants to do something great today so how about lifting a hand or two right where you are we thank you Holy Spirit for your presence I pray you come and anoint your word and I pray you come and change us from the inside out in Jesus name we pray and everybody said amen amen how about giving somebody a high 10 just before you take a seat high 10 high 10 I'm not one uh, who watches a lot of YouTube, but uh, every now and then we get onto something and we watch uh, something of uh, a person who makes us laugh, Kathy and I, that is. And uh, recently we've been watching a little bit of Michael Jr., the comedian. I think Kathy, uh, a month or so back, played one of his clips. I've got, I've got a little clip I want to show you because uh, this clip illustrates something of what I want to talk about. Uh, this morning, and uh, it's Michael Jr., who's a comedian, but also a preacher, uh, uh, talking to his young baby girl. So let's turn our attention to the screen. Yo, comedian Michael Jr. here. As you know, I just flat out enjoy doing comedy. But one of the things I love way more than that is being a dad. Not too long ago, I'm going through some video footage and I run into this video of my youngest daughter being born. Now, of course, I was there. I actually took the video, but I had never really experienced it from this perspective before. Now, look, we're in the hospital room. She's uh, sticky, and she's baby and all that stuff, and she's in the middle of crying. And then I speak up. I start talking to her, and watch how she responds when she hears my voice. Okay, Portland, look, I'm right here. It's okay, it's okay. I'm right here, I'm right here. We're doing just fine. It's okay. It's okay, I'm right here. Right here, yeah, it's okay. It's okay, baby, it's okay. 
that was pretty awesome. <laughs> so check it. A few minutes later, uh, the nurse starts working on her, puts her pamper on her, and uh, I'm not saying anything, and she actually starts to cry again. Then I speak up, she hears my voice, and stops crying, like again. But I want you to notice what else happens after I tell her that I love her. Portland, it's okay. It's okay. It's good. It's good. It's good. I'm right here. I'm right here. I am right here. I love you. I love you. I love you. Yeah, I'm right here. I'm right here. It's okay. It's okay. That's just phenomenal. <laughs> like, whoa. Here's the thing. We'll always have times where we're not as comfortable, probably even to the point of tears, where life is just heavy. The key thing to do in those moments is to be still and listen for the Father's voice. Because he is trying to talk to you. And I can tell you what he wants you to know is that he loves you. All you got to do is open your eyes. Happy Father's Day. It's not Father's Day, but... Man, I don't know about that, you, but that's moving in itself. Now, some of us, you know, we don't know we're loved. And that's why we're searching for love. My prayer this morning is that we go out of this place convinced that we're loved by God. That you wouldn't just hear my voice, but you'd hear the Holy Spirit speak to you. If you got your Bible, I want you to go to Romans chapter 8. Let's go to Romans chapter 8. And uh, this is too good. I've got to read a good chunk of this this morning. Um, so it's eight verses. So you've got to take it all in. We're going to take a big bite, not a small bite. How many know if somebody offers you something, you know, and you're hungry, you take a big bite. You know, you almost chew off their fingers as well. And so we're going to take a big bite uh, this morning of, of this passage in which Paul's speaking because these words are powerful and have the ability to change our lives. So we're going to be reading from Romans chapter 8, verse 31. It says, what shall we say about such wonderful things as these? I told you, this is good stuff. And Paul's just setting it up and saying, these are wonderful things. He says, if God is for us, who can ever be against us? Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for all of us. How many are glad about that this morning? I pray we never take that for granted. I pray we never get familiar. The fact that God gave up his only son for you and I. Come on, that includes you this morning. Don't distance yourself for, uh, from that. Because God loved you so much that he gave his son for you. And he goes on, won't he also give us everything else? So why are you freaking out? Why are you worried? God gave his son. Why won't he give you everything else? Uh, verse 33, who dares accuse us from God has chosen, uh, chosen for his own? No one. For God himself has given us the right, given us right standing with him. Who then will condemn us? No one. 
For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us, and he's sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us. Another version says, in the presence of God, he's sticking up for us. So, so we've got a God who loves us. He gives us his son who died for us, but now his son is sticking up for us in every way. Listen to this, verse 35. Can anything separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity? or are persecuted, or hungry, or destitute, or in danger, or threatened with death. As the scripture says, for your sakes we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. No, all these things, overwhelming, and all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. Uh, another version says, none of these things phase us, because God loved us. You know, I wonder how many of us have questioned God's love when we've come up against a, a problem, when we've faced disaster, when we've had calamity. But here it's very clear, Paul is saying none of those things separate us from God's love. In verse 38, and it says, and I am convinced. Somebody say, I am convinced. And I am convinced that nothing can separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God, which is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Come on, I reckon we need to get excited about this this morning. You need to understand that nothing can separate you from the love of God. The title of my message this morning is, it's going to be different this time. It's going to be different this time. Just quickly turn to your neighbor and say, it's going to be different this time. I don't know what your experience is up to this point, but I want to declare over your life, it's going to be different this time. You know, this is not going to be like your Monday diet. This is not going to be like your Sunday confession. You know, when you make a decision to change, you know, so often we think, oh, well, how's it, how long is it going to last? And even when you say you're going to change, you know, it's met with a, a level of cynicism because, you know, so many people make changes, but then they drift back to how they used to be. I, I like this statement because it declares it's going to be different. And I, I really believe we need to live convinced that life gets better with Jesus. Uh, that, that we can change our world, that we can change our reality. I, I love that, you know, because so often the world looks at us and, we think, and looks at us and thinks we're just a product of our background. We're, we're a product of our past behavior. But I love in Jesus that life is made brand new. We, we get a fresh start and a new beginning. I love the, the fact that His mercies are new every morning. So it doesn't even matter what went on last night. His mercy is new this morning. You can have a fresh start today. 
Now, when people say, oh, it's going to be different this time, and many of us go, oh, well, yeah, right. Yeah, right. In fact, that's become part of our culture. Tui's made it famous. Uh, yeah, right. In other words, I don't really believe that can take place. Uh, I want to get you to a point this morning where, where you come to a place where you're convinced that things can be different. Uh, where, where you know without a shadow of doubt that, that God wants to take you upwards. He wants to take you higher. He wants to take you further. Yeah, you may have some limitations around you right now, but I want to declare, as I declared last week, that you can flourish in spite of your predicaments. You can flourish even in your place of captivity because the kingdom of God is not determined by what's going around you, but what lives on the inside of you. you know, the issue is, is not that change is impossible, but I believe the issue is it's our approach to change. You know, last week we talked about how the kingdom of God works everywhere. It works within the four walls of this building, but it works in the marketplace. It works in the United States of America, and it works in the Thames Valley. It works everywhere. And the greatest lie of the enemy is, well, it's different for me and it's different here. But I want to declare that the kingdom works everywhere. Uh, the kingdom works everywhere. And, and it's a superior kingdom. But here's the thing you've got to understand about this kingdom is the kingdom of God is lived inside out, not outside in. Uh, the kingdom is established first in your heart. You know, so often, you know, we approach things wrong in life because we're looking through the lens of our heart. One person once said, oh, we don't see with our eyes, we see through our eyes. And so how we view things is, is from what, we, what our, the condition of our heart is like. In fact, Jesus said, blessed are the pure, for they shall see God. You know, many people don't see God because it's like the, the lens of their heart is murky. They can't see through it, and, and they miss God. But blessed are the pure in heart because they, they see God. They, they see things from a different perspective. And I believe it's our approach in life. It's our approach that often will determine the response we get. Now, if we approach things wrong, you know, we don't get the, re the response we desire. You know, how many know you can say the same words? You can ask somebody to do something, but sometimes it's not the words you speak, it's the tone in which you say it in. And, and it's the approach that you make. And, and sometimes it's not what you've said, it's how you've said it, and it's how you've approached it. Come on, there's been many arguments in many households. I see some people just knocking their spouse right now. It wasn't what you said, it was how you said it that got me upset. It was how you said it that got me annoyed. And, and it's our approach, how we approach things, determines the response. It's the tone and the attitude, you know, when it comes to even God's presence. You know, the Bible says we, we boldly can come into it and approach His throne of grace this morning. 
You know, some of you came in a little bit sheepish, a little bit shy this morning. Uh, but the Bible says our approach is important. And it's important when we come to the throne of grace, we approach it with boldness and confidence. Uh, so often in life, many people, when they, when, when they do wrong things, uh, that, that, that will determine their approach. But I want to declare, number one, if we're to live convinced, if we're to live this life where we're convinced of who God is and what He wants to do in our life, we're going to approach our Christian life and life from a place of approval. Come on, we all hate rejection. How many hate being rejected? Nobody likes rejection. We've all experienced rejection on some level, whether it was for a course, a job, you know, whether it was for a sports team or or even a date, you know, rejection is not nice. Uh, uh, rejection hurts. It hurts in here. We try and pretend it doesn't hurt. But what we do when rejection gets in our heart is, is, is we develop behavioral patterns. So we won't have to face that hurt again. And we let a spirit of rejection come into our hearts. Makes sense, doesn't it? You know, you've got to be crazy to expose yourself to hurt. But the problem with that is, is that the walls we build to keep hurt out keeps God out. Uh, the walls that, that we build to protect ourselves so that we won't experience the hurt and the pain that comes from rejection are the walls that stop us accessing God. He wants to come into our life, but we won't allow him. And Paul, at the right, right at the start of this passage, he, he's affirming that we need to take a different approach. Well, we need to take a new approach. Uh, this is a new way of living, and it comes as a result of the new covenant. The new covenant. And in the new covenant, which Jesus brought about, Rejection is taken right out of the equation. Rejection is not even an issue. That's why Paul, I reckon, starts off saying, this is awesome. Uh, this is amazing. Because you don't need to fear rejection at all. Because if God is for you, he says, who can be against you? He goes on and even says, who dares accuse you? God has chosen you for his own. Now, who does that? And he goes, who then condemns us? Can anything separate us from the love of Christ? See, when our confidence and our assurance comes from anything else other than Christ, it's fickle. Uh, we go up and down. Why? Because it's determined by our, our performance and our behavior. Old covenant. Old covenant. It was all about our behavior. Yeah, it was all about how we acted, whether we were right with God. New covenant is not de determined by performance and behavior. It's determined by what Jesus did on the cross. And so rejection is taken right out of the equation. I love the fact that the devil can't take your calling. 
the callings and the gifts of God are without repentance. In other words, God doesn't change his mind when you lose your way. God's calling to you today is the same as what it was right before the beginning of time. It's the same. God hasn't changed his mind when it comes to your calling. So since the devil can't take your calling, what does he do? He attacks your confidence. And if your confidence is in stuff, and if your confidence is in your performance, you're going to live in a place where you're vulnerable to be rejected. That's why we need to change our approach. Because in the end, our confidence should not be in our ability. It should not be in in what we do. Our our confidence needs to be in who Christ is. See, See, if he can get your confidence, he can get you and stop you functioning in your calling. Godly confidence is not found in your flesh. It's not found in your achievements or your ability or your attributes. It's centered in how good he is and what he has done. Now, right now I've got my my iPhone on stage. How many iPhone fans out there? Anybody got the latest seven? I haven't got the seven, I've got the six. I haven't got the six, yes, the six up here. How many Android fans? Any Android fans out there? Uh, not as convinced. We've got more Apple fans than Android fans out there. Uh, um, yeah, how many know this mobile device has, has, has improved over the years? Come on, how many remember the brick? Anybody remember the brick? Um, I saw this meme just on um, Facebook last night. Orangi posted it. I thought this was good. Um, if we could put this photo up right now, the team out there. Um, this was the state, uh, this was state-of-the-art technology the last time Australia won at Eden Park. Uh, uh, the brick, uh, 30 years, 30 years, just saying. Um, yeah, how, how many remember real old-school dial-up phones where you, you know, you actually had to do that? Anybody remember their first phone number? Mine was 52664, you know, only five numbers, man. Five, five, two, six, six, four. I don't know if it was because we're in Wanganui, uh, but only five. You know, things have moved down. You know, we've got things. We can talk to our phones and we can get uh, a response. Uh, uh, our phones are, are voice sensitive. I don't know if Siri right now is listening to me. Uh, I, I pray you're listening to this message, Siri, right now. Uh, I wonder how she thinks I'm doing. Maybe I'll ask her. How am I doing right now, Siri? Checking the markets. Oh, she said she's checking the markets. <laughs> yeah, checking the markets. Uh, I don't know what's up there, but things have changed. Uh, you know, when the mobile phone first came out, we only used it in our emergency because calls would cost $1,000 a minute. Yeah. You know, even today, you know, what is defined as emergency is maybe not what was considered emergen- an emergency yesterday. You know, you'd only use it then. Now, here's the thing. Just, just right now, imagine if I met, had a meeting with you, we're sitting down, and your f- my phone rings, and uh, 
I got out of my bag, out of my bag, I pulled out a brick. And I started talking on the brick. And, and I took it out and it was like nothing was strange about it. I just pretended it was normal. Uh, you would be thinking that's a little strange, wouldn't you? Uh, you know, you'd be thinking, man, I, I need to inform them. Inform them. There's better phones around. You can pick them up for $10 at the warehouse. Uh, technology ha has moved on. It's a smart phone. Do, do, do you know what? So many believers are, are carrying around our old way of thinking as to who God is. And they wonder why their life is so limited and so small. They're still operating from a place of approval. I need to seek God's approval, others' approval. You know, I need to get approval. And they're not convinced that God loves them and He approves of them. No matter what they do, it's not according to your behavior and your actions. Yeah, it's, it's in your best interest today that I inform you that there's an update available. Because some of you have got a brick Christianity. And you're carrying around a brick and you're wondering why you're not progressing. It's because you got the wrong approach. Yeah, you're approaching it from the wrong perspective. See, there's something more to knowing God than just praying a prayer that will get you out of trouble and turning up to church once a week. See, so many people go to the gym once and they go, where's my abs? It, it, it doesn't work like that. You know, I've even heard people say, well, I, I come to church to get my tank filled. Uh, the Holy Spirit isn't the gas in our tank. What you've got to understand about the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit is the air we breathe. We, we don't just need Him in a moment or in an emergency. We need Him every minute and every other day. You know, we need to approach it like we're already approved. We need to approach it with excitement in our heart because God loves us. And if God loves us, He's for us. And if God's for us, who can be against us? Oh, why are you fearing that thing coming up this week? Come on, God's on your side. Uh, God's for you. He loves you. Nothing can separate you from His love. But so often we're still living from an old covenant mindset rather than a New Testament mindset where we understand that we have access to the Holy Spirit. We can access Him not just in a moment, but we can access Him 24-7. See, the Holy Spirit was given to us as the one who would be with us. He's our, our counselor, our teacher, our comforter. And, and I want to say the Christian life lived without the power of the Holy Spirit is not the Christian life at all. Because in the end, we can speak the words, but ultimately it's the power, as Ed said this morning, that comes in behind those words that convinces us and others that God is real, that God is true. I like what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. He says, that, that's, 
what the scriptures mean when they say, no eye has seen, one of my favorite verses, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. But it was to us that God revealed these things by his spirit. Everybody say, by his spirit. For the, his spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. Come on, how many want to know God's deep secrets? Uh, some of you remain convinced because you're, you're living off a shallow theology. And, and you know to, need to go deeper. Now, now here's the things uh, when it comes to deep. It, it's, uh, many people say, oh, well, God wouldn't show me that. God only speaks to those who stand on stages and preach the gospel. You know, uh, they think, oh, you have to do this to, uh, to really be able to hear God. No, 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 no. God loves you. He loves you and he wants to speak to you. He wants to speak to you about the intricate details of your life right now. And it's until God speaks things won't be different. But when God does speak, and you know it's God, that can't be taken away from you. My concern right now is that many people in the church are living off secondhand revelation. They're living off what somebody else told them rather than hearing the Spirit of God for themselves. See, once you get it on the inside of you and you know it's God, no circumstance, nothing can take away what God's deposited within. Come on, do I get an amen to that? But we're approaching the whole deal wrong. I, I love that, 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 the, the video we showed there. I love you. I love you. Uh, some of you just need to hear God this morning say, I love you. That will calm your spirit because right now it's in turmoil. And God, the creator of the universe, is saying, I love you. I love you. Open your eyes. Open your eyes and see what I have for you. Open the eyes of your heart. Open your spirit to me because it's in the spirit I want to speak to you and I want to bring life in Jesus' name. See, we approach things wrong. If we just approach it from a place of approval. Number two, if we approach it, we need to make our approach with a new operating system. Uh, Paul, back in verse one of 1 Corinthians chapter two, he says, and brethren, when I came to you, I did not come with excellence of speech, declaring to you, uh, I came, or declaring, I'll start again. <laughs> I got myself confused, small print. Need glasses. Uh, and brethren, when I came to you, did not I come with excellence of speech or of wisdom declaring you the testimony of God? For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I was with you in weakness and fear and in much trembling, and my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom. So what were they were they weren't with persuasive words of human wisdom. Today I'm not here trying to convince you with the wisdom of man. 
I'm not trying to persuade you because ultimately, unless you get God for yourself, it's not going to last. You may change in a moment, but it won't bring lasting change into your life. So they'll not with persuasive words or human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Listen to this. That your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, Somebody say this, but in the, come on, say it with some power this morning, but in the, in the power of God. Turn to your neighbor and say, you need more power. You need, you need more power. Here's the deal. You can't solve the problem you're in at the level you created it. You, you need a greater power. And that's what God brings to our life. Now, now with my phone, um, I've got the new operating system, OS 10. But for me to put OS 10 on my phone, I actually didn't have enough memory. I had to delete some files, some photographs. How many photos? You can get a whole catalog really quickly, you know, because you don't use all the photos. In fact, my daughter saw a photo of me recently uh, when I was uh, young. I was a kid. And I was pulling this goofy face, and they, they laughed at it, they mocked me. You know, it's like, what's up with that? Uh, but I had to say, man, back in the old days, you only got one chance. There's <laughs> only one chance. You don't get a hundred edits, takes, you know, different things. There was one chance, smile, and if you got it wrong, it was wrong. <laughs> Heads were cut off. Come on, how many remember those times? It was like, yeah. Now, now I had to get rid of some stuff so I could download the whole new operating system. Uh, uh, Paul makes it clear that the only hope for effectiveness was in the Spirit of God and in the power of God. You know, it's, it's this dependence on the Spirit that, that makes a difference. See, it's easy today to think that, that the Holy Spirit is just working at the high point of a service. Oh, I felt the Holy Spirit on that song. Oh, when you said this, the, the Spirit moved. And, and I agree that there are moments in a service, in a gathering like this, where, where the Spirit does move. Uh, but the Holy Spirit, here's the deal, doesn't just want to be our, an accessory. He doesn't want to be an app on our phone that we access every now and then. When we need, oh, where's my Holy Spirit app? I need to find my Holy Spirit app. I have a problem. Oh, I need to pray. I'm going I'm to push the Holy Spirit app, and I'm going to access God. No, no. The reason why many people are limited and frustrated in their walk with God is because they treat Him like an app rather than an operating system. Yeah, he's more than that. See, see, I need the Holy Spirit more than I need human wisdom. Some of us right now will go to human wisdom before we go to the Holy Spirit. But we need the Holy Spirit more than we need human wisdom. Uh, the Holy Spirit is more than goosebumps when they play a song you like. Uh, there's some songs today, if, if that's the case, because there's some songs today that aren't godly, that will give you goosebumps. You, know, you just need to go to Beyonce or go to the rugby. You can get goosebumps there. So that's not a determiner of whether it's the Holy Spirit or not. 
You know, it's cool. I love it when the Holy Spirit shows up in worship. I believe there's, there's, a, there's a manifestation of God's presence when the people of God gather together. That's why coming to church on Sunday is important. But it's more than that. Now, the question I want to ask is, where is the Holy Spirit when you make life-defining decisions? Where is He there? Because he's our teacher. He's the one who leads us. The Holy Spirit is not your add-on on a Sunday or in a crisis situation. Come on, the Holy Spirit wants to be the source of your strength. For years, I found it hard to describe the Holy Spirit. But what I found more important is not just being able to describe him. The most important thing is that we obey him. See, the, the Holy Spirit is given to us, and, and the reason why many people aren't convinced is because they've heard words, but they don't know the power. Uh, they don't know the power. And that's why one of my convictions is, is my role as a pastor is to create an environment where people can encounter God, not just a good message, not something that's just going to motivate you for Monday. Where people encounter not just good music, but they encounter God. Uh, they, They know the work of the Holy Spirit. See, the main purpose of the Holy Spirit is to empower you to live a supernatural life. And that's at work, that's at home, that's with your friends. Come on, that's the connection you've been searching for. And I've found wherever the work of the Holy Spirit is, you'll find the fruits of the Holy Spirit. So there's the gifts of the Holy Spirit, which empower us to do supernatural things, but it's the fruit of the Holy Spirit that changes us from the inside out so that we become more loving, so that we display fruits of joy, peace, patience, goodness, self-control. Come on, how many struggle with motivation? If you struggle with motivation, the Holy Spirit can help you. He can give you the strength you need so that you are more disciplined, so that you can exercise self-control. But some of you are going, well, I'm just not that person. Well, you're approaching it wrong because my Bible says you're not that old person who was useless, who was ill-disciplined, you know, who was lived their life rejected with walls around you. You're a brand new person as a result of what Jesus accomplished on the cross. And you can be confident today. And, and, and you can be assured that, that you can live life differently to how you used to live it. See, some of us, we need to get convinced about Jesus Again, we need to get convinced about who he is. He wasn't a man with just a good set of principles. No, he's the savior. He's the redeemer of all mankind. He's our healer. Come on, he's the great I am. One of the confidences I have and convictions I have is that he's returning again. I need a few more people to live convinced about that. Come on, we need to live in view of eternity. Even without an eternal view, our approach is going to be wrong. We need to see that we're convinced about Jesus. But, but also, because of that, I'm convinced about the church. I said this at Vision Night. 
the bride of Christ, the body of Christ, God's family, the ecclesia. I'm convinced about God, what God wants to do in and through the church. You know, too many people that say they're convinced about Jesus, but they're not convinced about the church. You know, it's like going to somebody you're dating and say, hey, I love your head. I love your head, but I'm not too sure about your body. I mean, no, you're going to get a punch in the face if you say that. But that's what you're saying to God when you say, I'm convinced about you, Jesus, but I'm not convinced about the church. It's like going to a husband and saying, hey, I like you, but I don't like your wife. The church is the bride of Christ. And when you get Jesus, you, you get the full package. You don't get one without the other. And we need to come to understanding. See, when, when you live convinced and, and you understand that, it's amazing how the little decisions, you know, they, they make the, you, they happen automatically. You know, too many people get frazzled and, and, you know, so overwhelmed by the little decisions. You know, when it comes to coming to church on a Sunday morning, I don't wake up in the morning and think, oh, am I going to go today? You know, and this was even before I was a pastor. You know, I, don't, you know, I made a decision. I'm in the house of God every week. I, I don't make a decision based on my circumstance. I don't make a decision based on what's going around my external world, whether I have exams or not exams. No, I'm going to prioritize God because when I honor God and when I build his house, he will build my house. You know, not once during my studies did I ever take a, study off, a Sunday off because I needed to study. I really believe God helped me and equipped me and armed me and I found a strength I couldn't know because I honored God. And when you honor God, God will honor you. We want God's help, but we don't want to put in God's principles. We don't want to approach it from, uh, from what God says. I've got to say, you know, our main purpose here is to get people to Jesus. Now, now, when it comes to the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is not a technique. It's not a style. It's, it's a relationship. The Holy Spirit is not a force. He's a person. Walking with the Holy Spirit is about constant companionship. That's what it is. And it's until we take this approach, we'll live in a place where we hear rhetoric, but we don't know power. See, if you want to know whether people are spirit-filled or not, don't go looking for goosebumps. Go, go looking to see if their nature is changing. Because anyone who walks with the Holy Spirit, it's like things change. They can't leave things unaddressed. You know, even this week, you know, we've ordered a small swimming pool for our backyard, one of those cheap ones, and um, we got it delivered, and uh, they delivered two. Yeah, you know, I, I, they delivered one, and then three days later, they delivered another. I'm going, man, blessing, blessing, favor. <laughs> the first thing, but then the Holy Spirit says, no, Sam, be honest. You know, but the temptation was to uh, justify and think, man, this is God blessing us. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like, yeah, we've been preaching double, double. Yeah, it's like, yeah. And I, right now I've got two in my home, but now I've got to ring them up because it's a long weekend and say, hey, 
you made a mistake, you've delivered two. two. Now, that's how the Holy Spirit works. He works on those little things. If he's just goosebumps on a Sunday, he's never going to change your character. Yeah, we're here to put you in touch with him. So then when you walk through life's issues, you've got somebody who can guide you and who can lead you. See, it's not whether you have all of the Spirit, it's whether the Spirit has all of you. So that when you're out with your girlfriend, if you're dating late at night, you know, and things are getting a bit heated, you can listen to the Holy Spirit and you can control your natural inclinations. It's, so when you're at work and the temptation is to lie or exaggerate, you can hear the Holy Spirit in those moments. The question we've got to ask is, are you full of Him? See, see, what we need to do in church is we need to normalize communication with the Spirit. I want to say it's not weird to hear from God. We can hear Him. And we need to hear Him. Can't, don't switch off your sensitivity. God can tell you stuff that nobody else can. God can tell you whether you should get into that business partnership. God can tell you whether to take that deal. God can tell you whether to apply for that job. God, God can tell you. You can hear His voice. You can, you can know Him. You know, some people right now, if the truth be known, they're living on spiritual airplane mode. Airplane mode is when there's no messages coming in and there's no messages going out. You only have access to what's on your hardware. Well, you've had to have downloaded it before. And when walking with God becomes just a reliance on what you've heard before, you're in a whole lot of danger. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If Abraham just relied on what he heard, he would have killed Isaac. But thank God he was in tune to the voice of God and he didn't just rely on what he heard. His ear was attentive to what God was saying and just as he was lifting the dagger about to kill him, God says, stop. Some of you are about to kill some stuff because you're relying on what you've heard. But God wants to speak to you here and now. He wants his voice to come into to your world. He loves you. He's for you. The last one is, we just need to approach where we're open, where we're connected. You know, we can say we're open, but sometimes we're not as open as we think we are. Just to finish, and I've been reading Jeremiah 42, and Jeremiah 42, our group come to him. They're in Israel. The rest are in Babylon. And they say to Jeremiah, uh, we want to know what the God is saying and, and what we should do. And, that, and they say to him, uh, we'll obey whether it's favorable or whether it's not. So Jeremiah goes away. He seeks God for 10 days. How many know sometimes, you know, hearing God is not just going to happen in a moment. You actually need to seek Him to find Him. So he goes away, seeks Him for 10 days, gives Him a word, gives Him a word, tells Him, you're not to go to Egypt. You just stay where you are. 
But the Bible goes on and it says that they ended up going to Egypt. And Jeremiah, he rebukes them because in the end, they didn't really want to hear God. They just wanted to, God to confirm the plans that they already had. See, many of us, when it comes to hearing God, we just want God's endorsement on our plans. We want God to bless our plans rather than hearing God and getting our plans from God. So many people, you know, that's what it is on a Sunday. God, I just want you to bless what I'm doing. What if God wants you to do something different? Are you open to hearing His voice? It's so important that that we don't just get to a place where we use God. We use God to, to, to go in a direction that we're going in anyway. Come on, God wants to shake up our lives this morning. He wants to speak to us in a way where we're led by Him, where we know Him, where He's our source and He's our everything in Jesus' name. Come on, if you believe that, say amen. Amen. You can hear from God. I am convinced that nothing can separate me from His love. How about standing to your feet right where you are right now? Come on, just turn to your neighbor and say, it's going to be different this time. I really believe some key life decisions are going to be made over the next few months. Key life decisions in regards to direction, future. And I want you to know that God loves you. And I want you to know that you can walk with confidence. That God's for you, and you can trust them. I want you to know today that His favor is not dependent on your behavior. It's dependent on your willingness to position yourself to hear His voice. Just right now, right across this place, how about lifting a hand or two? Because Holy Spirit, we thank you. You're here. You're present. We say, God, speak. Oh, people have got key life decisions in the coming season. Lord, I thank you, you're going to speak. Maybe you just need to say right now, I'm convinced I can hear you, God. Come on, I convince, I can hear you. I can know you. You love me, you form me. Holy Spirit, come right now. Jesus, just affirm your word. Affirm your word right now. Thank you, God. You do the persuading. Jesus, come. How about just lifting your voice? Just begin to worship, church. Come on. This is how we-